Welcome to the Yoga Living Project podcast. This week, we have a special treat for you. I sit down and talk with Holly Chavez, who is our resident slow burn maestro and lead of the slow burn style yoga tribe. Um, Slow burn, as you'll come to learn, is uh, kind of a umbrella term for um, what she teaches predominantly, which is forest yoga. But um, I think this is an interesting talk because in it we cover um, some interesting things. Among others, uh, I, I think that the vulnerability she showed by sharing her story about um, her guru falling from grace in her eyes is something that um, I personally can relate to a lot um, and the heartbreak that that causes and what do you do then in terms of drawing a boundary, creating uh, an intelligence in the conversation to know the difference between where your morals end and there's, you know, cross over or don't cross over and that allowing you to continue to learn from the person. And I think that's a real mark, in my opinion, a real mark of maturity. Um, and that's something that uh, I've been learning in my own life lately. So this was uh, very timely in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, with Holly in this conversation, um, it's all filters off. It's a great convo. And she's just uh, such a light. I think that um, if you haven't been to a slow burn class, well, I would suggest you better get in there soon. But it's usually filled up for two weeks at a time because people love it, love it, love it. Um, But there is an opportunity to get with her for uh, the abs um, workshop this weekend. And then on the 16th, I believe it's the 16th, she's doing the intro to forest yoga workshop. Um, And she's she's been getting uh, a lot uh, a lot more reps with doing the workshops lately. So if you end up hearing this later, just peek an eye out, check her out either at Cambio or wherever she's doing her workshops. And um, she is. She's just a delight. Her passion for yoga is so inspiring. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I do want to mention for the first time ever since doing this podcast that I would really appreciate if you would all go over to iTunes, give us a rating and a review. It helps with the whole uh, algorithm of the RSS feed that podcasts work on, the whole life breath that they live on. If we get reviews and ratings, all of a sudden we start to get popped up into other people's news feeds without us having to do much. And this whole idea of yoga living project is living the yoga off the mat and bringing that to people who can't um, come to a studio like Cambio where accessibility is the mission. So if you wouldn't mind either doing that or sharing the conversation on social media or with your friends via text, email, that's all possible too through the um, podcast app. And 
we would so appreciate that. So thanks again for being here, for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Alrighty, look forward to next time. But until then, here's Holly. Sweet. So this is actually one uh, that's going to be, should be easy for me. I usually go into these interviews kind of as if I know nothing, even when I do know a little bit, but I don't know a whole lot about Forrest Yoga except for um, Anna Forrest is Mm -hmm. the founder Mm -hmm. and she is... She's been a kind of a radical force in the yoga world. Yes. In, ter- in terms of <laughs> yes. just totally ter- turning some things on its head. Yes. And it's cool to see like a woman at the helm of yes. a whole yoga style. And not doing it quietly and she, or... <laughs> or... Or like, yeah, she's fierce. Yes. Which is the word, right? Yes. That's kind of the, the second... That's yes. the emblematic thing yes. most people think of when they think of four shows, like yes. fierce yoga, right? Fierce and intense. This is ferocity. <laughs> yes. So we do it here under the moniker slow burn. Yes. Instead of forest yoga. Yes. Um, and I think that's more of a function of like, in case you need a sub, yes. it's not a conflict of interest because no, people no, who no. haven't been no. trained in forest yoga can still kind of pull off a general sense of what a slow burn class or a forest. So what, what, for somebody who's never been to one, what would we expect from a slow burn class? So first of all, when it comes to forest yoga, the first time we ever hear the word forest yoga, we always assume that it's outside yoga, that we're going to go out into the forest and hug some trees Mm -hmm. and, you know, just rub around in nature. And that's obviously not (laughs) what we do. We do practice inside. The name comes from her name is Anna Forest. So that's where that comes from. The expectation coming into a forest yoga class is that it is physically intense. Mm -hmm. So regardless of your level, whether you're a beginner, first yoga class in the world, or you've been practicing for 10, 20, 30 years, it is going to be physically intense for you because forest yoga meets you where you are. So if it's your first time practicing, we're gonna meet you where you are and it's gonna be fierce. If 30 years down the road, it's gonna be fierce. <laughs> and it can be emotionally intense too, right? So the, Sounds like a... yes, the, the mission statement of forest yoga is mending the hoop of people. Hmm. That we all have a role within forest yoga that we have a purpose of mending people. So there's some cross-culture kind of connection there because the hoop is generally associated more with like because she's Native American, correct? She, um, yes, yeah, she has some Native American roots, but she took on a lot of Native American traditions through her own healing. So they've become an integral part of her. And she's yoga. got a whole fascinating story, too. But yes. we can save that for another time. Yes. I want to hear... And let's get back to the forest yoga expectations or slow yeah. burn, what people can expect. Yeah. I want to hear your story, how you got into... Yoga, how <laughs> slow burn ended up falling, or forest yoga fought, fell into your lap, mm-hmm. and 
because you've become like such a matron of um, such a interesting, different community here at Cambio. Yeah. And it's so, we're so grateful for it because it's obviously been very needed because if yeah. you ever try to get into a slow burn class, maybe people listening just know, like as I was like Sign trying up. to do your, like, I, I was like, oh, I guess I have to take it two weeks in advance. Yeah, that's the average wait time right now is two to three weeks in advance. But there is talk of getting another slow burn yes. class on the schedule. Yes, so. we are working on that. Yes. I desperately want to add one. Because, like I said, the mission of Forest Yoga is mending the hoop of people. So I want to be available mm-hmm. to help people when they're seeking. So how help. did you, how did you, so now that people know how to find you, how did you find you? So I started practicing yoga about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was working as a retail store manager. That's kind of what I've been mm-hmm. as a grown-up my entire mm-hmm. life. And I, You're a grown-up? Well, sometimes. Oh, okay. So I have to be a grown-up with Loki. I have to be the adult. I mean, right. slash, I'm the poop picker-upper. <laughs> it's really my job. I'm just his handler. Sometimes I have to be an adult. But in my pretending to be adulting, I was a retail store manager and hated my life. I hated it. I dreaded going to work every day. I dreaded every minute at work. And I was looking for something because my entire life was work. And I always had this draw to yoga, but was always way too afraid to go. I didn't know anywhere to go. I mean, that was 10 years ago in the Springs. There wasn't Cambio. There wasn't. (laughs) That was a little bit hard to find. So I ended up joining a gym and going to a yoga class at the gym. And it clicked. Like, it made sense. Like, yes, I, I get this. And I started practicing. And I enjoyed going. But I would hear people talking about, oh, my my practice is my serenity and it's my safe place. And I have found myself through yoga. And I would hear people talking like this. And I thought they were all either high or drunk or hippies. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't, I don't get that part. I enjoy doing yoga. And I started falling more in love with the way that it made my body feel when I was practicing. I found different parts of my body. I started feeling, that's what I've come to learn, was that I was numb for a long time. So yoga made me start... disconnected from the Yeah. I was completely numb. And I went to uh, the Telluride Yoga Festival Hmm. in 2013? Yeah, 2013. And my whole goal going to that festival, because I was super scared, because... Anybody who actually gets to know me knows that I'm a super introvert. I don't like to be seen. I like to be the songwriter, not the performer. Uh, so going to a festival was like, the yoga teacher. I know, no. right? Uh-huh. I know. That's a whole other story. Um, I was like, I am going and I am trying everything that I've never heard of. Because we were at this 10 years ago. Even that, you know, we had a small yoga community. Yeah. There wasn't the buffet of yoga choices that there were at a festival. So I tried Iyengar yoga for the first time. I tried acro yoga. I did all sorts of crazy stuff. It was just a whirlwind. But one of the classes I workshops that I signed up for was a forest yoga class. Mm. Everybody told me I was going to hate it. Oh my God, you're going to do nothing but abs and you're going to be upside down the whole time. And I was like, well, can't be anything worse than anything out there. So I'll go and I'll try. And I go into this workshop and I see the teacher. And 
I have an automatic reaction to her because for the first time in the yoga world, and I'm not saying these people weren't out there at this time, but yeah. in my little yoga world, everybody looked the same in the mm -hmm. yoga world. They all had the perfect Lululemon outfit, the perfect bun with the perfect natural beauty face looking very peaceful mm -hmm. and that certainly is not me. I think, you know, most of that time I was wearing ripped up Pearl Jam t-shirts and who knows what on the bottom. I don't even know. <laughs> and I see the teacher and she has this crazy wild curly hair and she has Amy Winehouse style black eyeliner on, which is always a way to my heart. And she's got <laughs> these crazy tie-dyed leggings and her body is the strongest looking body that I have ever seen mm -hmm. and she walks in the room and like she just commands attention like she walked in with this energy and this captivation about her and I'm like okay all right and it was the first time that I saw somebody in the yoga world that was closer to what I was mm -hmm. And so I was very, I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this forest yoga. And within the first half hour of practicing it, all of a sudden I understood what everybody was always talking about, that mm. they were safe on their mat and it felt comfortable and this is where they could truly let go mm. and be safe. And it was, you know, forest yoga talks a lot about feeling with specific emotions. And I remember the intent that day was snuggling up to fear instead of mm -hmm. running away from fear snuggling with fear mm -hmm. and I remember being so like just confused like I thought we were supposed to run from fear and this woman's telling me to treat it like a pillow and snuggle it and see what it has to offer mm -hmm. and I was in love from that moment on so there was no forest yoga in Colorado Springs so I was traveling to Denver to practice with a forest yoga teacher up there and then I had looked into teacher trainings just in general and then I kind of came to the decision that if I was ever going to do a teacher training it would be forest yoga because I was kind of setting myself up that it was never going to happen so I set this goal that keeping it safe yeah kept it really safe and in 2014 Anna offered a foundation training so in forest yoga the first level is foundation forest forest foundations teacher training and they had been like in different parts of the world prior to that. Like I think the one I looked at before was in Seoul, Korea, and mm. one was in Johannesburg. So it was very safe. Like I'm never going. Yeah. This one in 2014 was in New Haven, Connecticut. So relative, you know, at least it was in the U.S. So I put in an application, thinking, oh, I'll get my rejection letter, and then we can just be done with this whole thing. Like I, it's not for Depends me. To retail, right? Adulting. <laughs> The universe will tell me that it's not for me, right? And I ended up getting a letter back and then going through a couple of phone interviews. And then the next thing I know, I was accepted into the program. And then I banked on, well, I'm never going to get 45 days off of work being a retail store manager. That's never going to happen. And I told my boss, she's like, give me a couple hours to see what I can do. And at that time, I worked for Old Navy, which Old Navy is part of Gap Incorporated, which owns Athleta. Okay. Right? <laughs> Power of the She and yeah. cool yoga clothes and all that kind of stuff. And she came back to me and said, you know, we, we support Power of the She, and this is going to make you 
not only a tremendous person, but a tremendous leader within Gap Inc. So we're, we're giving you this time to go and we're going to wow. support you while you go. Okay, so it's time to go. <laughs> so, Should have asked for them to pay for it. I, I, know, I know. So I went to foundation training with the plan of I'm just going to practice force yoga. I just want to be around Anna because at that point she had become my idol. Like yeah. I was idolizing her. I had read the book and was doing anything I could find on YouTube. Like I was just collecting anything I could for yoga. And by the time I was getting to foundation training, she was my hero. Mm. I mean, I was, you know, praying to her and no intention of teaching. I just wanted to go and I just wanted to be a part of it. And I, I got there and Anna was not what I thought she would be. Oh, really? And I think this is an important part of my story because it was mm. an important part of my journey. Mm-hmm. I went into forest yoga idolizing a teacher, mm-hmm. idolizing a guru, looking outside of myself mm-hmm. of people who were better than me. And what I came to find was she was a human with her own issues and traumas and ways of seeing things. And it just happened to be that we did not see eye to eye. We do not have similar opinions. That must have been like paradigm shattering. I was shattered. Like my teacher, the person that I was looking up to did not see in me what I wanted her to see. I had this expectation of Anna was going to see me. And for the first time in my life, I would be seen and understood and valued. And that wasn't it. I mean, we had some harsh conversations. She had some issues, concerns, conversations about my weight. Um, and it was crushing to have the person that you were idolizing tear you down a little bit. My God. And so my first instinct was run, get out of here. This isn't what... Was this like right away? Uh, it was about 10 days in. So you're just like... <sighs> Yeah. Panic mode. Crushed. Like the worst heartbreak I had ever felt in my life and alone. You know, I was living here in the Springs at that time married and I was, you know, on the other side of the country in New Haven all by myself living in a hotel, in a bad hotel at that. It was, there was nothing glamorous about my teacher training. And I kind of took that night to myself and I was like, okay, I'm either going to pack up and go home and continue with my life or I'm going to recognize what it is that I'm doing here and it's that she had qualities that I admire and how do I just see what she is and find those things within myself mm-hmm. how do I be my own hero mm. how do I be my own teacher my own idol and that was a big point for me was <clears throat> stop idolizing others mm. and be your own hero and that's what took that's me 10 back. Days in. Yeah. That's a teacher training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's teacher training. And finished teacher training, still with the intention of not teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pulled aside after training. You know, there's a question, you know, what are your plans now when you go home? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to practice. I'm going to, you know, that's my plan. I had fun here. And the conversation that was had with me by one of the forest yoga guardians is, you have 
a very heavy responsibility at this point that you found forest yoga and it was there for you. Mm-hmm. There were teachers who were there for you to help you grow and support you and set you on the path of your journey. And you found forest yoga because it matched more what you were looking for and it was different and it was there for you. And now you have a responsibility mm-hmm. to that one person out there in the world who needs the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, all right, I get it. I do have a responsibility. What if, what if there's 10 people in the world that haven't found the connection to yoga because they're looking in the wrong places or there's not enough of the me's of the world standing in front of them. So that's what brought me into teaching. So they were like, you can't play small now. Right. You've been gifted this yes. experience, this knowledge. Yep. Time to play big. Yep. So I came home, didn't quit my job, uh, got in contact with Amber, and I did a couple of workshops here in 2013. So it was right after I came home. Mm-hmm. No, 2014. Fif- 14 or 15. Yeah. 14. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I decided, okay, well, I'd, I'd be okay teaching one class a week. So I started in May of 2015, mm-hmm. teaching one class a week. And at that time, there were a few other classes on the schedule. There was Align Your Asana and a couple of mm-hmm. other classes that were more Hatha-based, but still strengthening. So that's how we ended up with the slow burn category. So right. it was just this nice umbrella that it's not vinyasa, it's not yin. It was, it was a cumulative of what this handful of us were teaching. Mm-hmm. So that's where the slow burn came, but I've always been teaching the forest yoga. And then a little while later it came to be, okay, let's add a second class. And so we did that, all was good in the world. And then in March of 2016, I went and did my advanced training with Anna. Mm-hmm. So after my first experience, that was not, I swore I was never going back and doing that. Like why would I ever? And but then two years later, there I am, packed you, up, ready to go. Or? No, this time it was in Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. And so I go to my advanced teacher training, and I can't say that Anna and I will ever sit around and braid each other's hair, but I remember the moment I was in a pose, and she walked by me. I was upside down, and she like got her face right up in me, and she told me that I looked beautiful. Mm. And it was like, okay, I have come so far in my journey that she, I'm a different person in front of her today Mm -hmm. than I was two years ago. And just to have that recognition that she saw me Mm -hmm. was huge for me, that she saw me. And there had been a point in foundation training where she told me that I was unattractive. So for her to tell... but yeah. this is for people listening. This is not completely uncommon for, like the the lore I've heard from. Well, even you know, there's this category of like big stick yoga teachers, yes. right? From the old school, where yes. they're like, they are harsh. She Anna is a fierce, hard ass woman who pulls no punches, and she don't care if you don't and like she her. She doesn't care if she hurts your feelings. She doesn't care if you don't like her. You're there in her world, and her world is is that she is teaching you skills to get better in line with your spirit and move past trauma. Mm-hmm. And that is what she is there to do. And that's what she's Even doing. Even if she causes more trauma along the way. No. 
<laughs> it, I mean, there, there is, are moments where it felt question. like that, yes. Because, you know, like, you know, there's other teachers like Osho, too, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear about these guys and they're, they're like, people swear that they, and you know, opened the door for them or brought the light into their life. Right. And it's through these ways, or like Rinpoche was another one. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, he slept with your wife. And, and then the guy turns around and he's like, it was the greatest thing that ever happened right. to me, you know? Yeah, it's like, right. What? Right. No, I... I, it's so, and I realize that it sounds so hard to imagine. Like, why would you put yourself through? I just can't imagine you this. don't feel two ways about it. I, I feel. I will say that a lot of what I was feeling were things that were already inside of me, and she was just kind of speaking Poking this them. inner voice that was already there. Well, she let me ask you this: Would you, would you ever things. do that? Would you ever say those things? Would you ever do those I things? I would never. And this, so this is where I landed that I have to teach and be a force in forest yoga. I believe in forest yoga tremendously. Mm-hmm. I believe in the healing of forest yoga. I believe that I have a voice, a different voice within forest yoga that can bring these same results from a different avenue. So yes, I can, I am willing to have conversations with people about things that are not on the top of their list to talk about or bring something out that they're hiding, but I wouldn't go about it through the same tactics that she does. Well, and I mean, I, you, I certainly don't have to justify the answer. I asked in a way just to hear what your answer would be because I know yeah. you working with you for years now yeah. that you know you come to me all the time with all these things that are... You're so caring and you're yeah. so thoughtful and sensitive about yeah. your students' experience. And I mean, the first thing out of your mouth that you said when we started talking about yoga in general was having a safe space. Mm-hmm. And you have, I think, by and large, created the culture in this community the way you have. And, and, and it is such a, like, a fierce culture, not in like a ferocious way, but in like a dedicated way because you've created such a safe space for people. Mm-hmm. I... I am so, when I stand back, and there's a lot of times like before class when I'm still checking people in or waiting a minute, I have these moments before class when I can hear everybody in the room, and it's 10, 12 voices talking and laughing and sharing, and I realize in those moments that I've created a tribe. I've created community within community. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my classes knows each other's name. They know what each other is going through on an emotional level. When there's somebody new in class, they need to know their name. How, you know, why did you decide to come to Holly's class? Like, they will bring people in and they want to make them part of the community. And having. It's not exclusive. No. Inclusive. It's very inclusive. But I will tell you that if somebody starts slacking in class, their peers will hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Like I, if you ever come so you to my to classes, I don't, don't always have, to be, have to be the heavy. No, we've created quite the tribe that holds each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And if you in my classes, you will hear me talk about turning your breath on at nauseum. Mm-hmm. I mean that's you will breathe with me. Even if you don't want to, I will make you breathe. (laughs) You will breathe. And, you know, my tribe has now come to the point where if they're practicing next to somebody who's not breathing, they're going to coach them to breathe Mm -hmm. before I can even get it. Because, like, you know, Holly is 
you need to breathe. Holly is going to yell at us. Then we're going to have to stay in this pose longer until we're all breathing. You need to breathe now. <laughs> and I love that because we've created this environment where first everybody who shows up is whole and holy exactly as they are. Mm -hmm. There's that. no work to be done. Nobody is broken mm -hmm. with me. You are exactly who you are and who you're supposed to be is right now. Is that a forest thing or is that a holly thing? It's not a forest thing. I've heard it um, from my teacher, from Jessica Patterson. I've heard it from her in different ways. But I remember showing up to yoga and always saying, I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And yoga is going to fix me. And that's what I don't want. Mm -hmm. I am whole exactly as I am right now. It's more about remembering. Yeah. To recollect. Finding it in my body mm -hmm. or... Reconnecting. Yeah. yeah moving past something. We all have trauma, whether it be physical or emotional trauma mm -hmm. that lives in our body, and using the poses to evict that trauma. How mm -hmm. do we get rid of it? How do we move it along rather than letting it develop in mm -hmm. our body? Well, I definitely commend that the way in which you are a steward for that kind of safe space for your students in coming from a lineage that has such a... Um, uh, just a abrasive, mm -hmm. harsh culture. It does. You know, because even to become like a, a forest guardian or whatever mm -hmm. it is, it's like, and you know, I, I think that that's something that, you know, you can see in. <laughs> <laughs> you think that? You think that, Loki? Well, like Iyengar yoga or, you know, I mean, some of the, some of the big teachers of the 20th century, they were, they could be tough. Loki <laughs> doesn't like Iyengar yoga. <laughs> I, here's an interesting thing is Anna practiced with Iyengar. She studied with him. Oh. She studied with him in India and they got into a fist fight. Oh. And she spit in his mouth. Delicious. So if that gives you some idea of this is, these are the, these forces yeah. were prominent in the yoga world and they created these. Well, I, I think there was something. Like when styles. I started yoga, there was something about coming up with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Like you had to have this chip on your shoulder because yeah. I think in one way, culture looks at people who do yoga and they're like, oh, you just sit around and na navel gaze. You just gaze at your navel or just try to put your leg behind your head. Right. And then, so there's one aspect of the teacher demonstrating their strength to, rec to, to show mm -hmm. that like, yeah, you know, if you think this is navel gazing, then you've got it all wrong on one hand. The other aspect, um, I think that there's an issue around authority, mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing because, um, you know, I remember, you know, I'm still learning from mistakes that I made early on in terms of thinking, being fierce with other people mm -hmm. or, or cause, you know, pushing the buttons or pulling the strings of their trauma mm -hmm. was somehow empowering right. or authoritative right. when ultimately... Um, you know, and, and I'm not judging Anna Forrester either because oh, no. maybe they have some other way of, but you know, every time I did it and it wasn't a choice, it was more of a natural way of coming into it. But every time I did it, it would just make everything worse. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't until I started softening up. And like when you're talking about your students holding people accountable in class, um, I, I just think that that is really speaks to your leadership in terms of you don't have to pull the string. You don't have to push the button because those mechanisms, those operating 
modalities that are already in place. Mm -hmm. So, and that was something that as I started teaching more and figuring out what I wanted to be as a yoga teacher, I knew that I did not want to be on a forest. I knew, I knew that, but I knew that within forest yoga, there is, there is that sense of ferocity. Mm -hmm. There is that sense of being a fierce Well, didn't you tell me warrior. this? I mean, there's a story about like somebody in horse pose being timid when they were teaching. Or no, the teacher <laughs> during teacher training was being really timid and then yes. Anna made her get into a goddess pose. Mm-hmm. And, and she was hold like... her genitals. <laughs> hold her genitals. That's While right. she taught. <laughs> and it worked. Find your root chakra. <laughs> it worked for her, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like... It kind of blows your mind because with <laughs> with the way the modern society, I mean, look at California. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole industry based off of suing people. You know. Right. I mean, like, you just—it's amazing the things she's got. Of course, who knows what kind of legal who knows team what's she has. behind the scenes? No, am I ever going to tell anybody to find horse and hold their genitals and teach? I don't know. I'll be honest with that answer. I do think that there could be a time and place and that be the appropriate practice for somebody Mm -hmm. to practice. Now, would I yell it across the room in front of all of the students? No, I might go whisper that in their ear. (laughs) So I'm not, I, there was definitely validity and purpose behind that particular example. I would well, she, but she is an example of an extreme person who has come from extreme situations. Absolutely. I know Sexual abuse, heroin drug addiction, addiction yeah. disordered eating, sex addiction. But she looks at somebody like you and she goes after you and, um, you know, it, like you said, it triggered all your own shit. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. eventually you get to a place where two years later you're at the advanced training. And mm-hmm. she sees a different person standing before her. Mm-hmm. So is that because of her? Is that because of you? Is it the yoga? Is it the practice? I, I think it was this perfect storm of everything. Mm-hmm. I think I was ready to deal with it. I needed. I think I was at a point where I was ready to be called on my bullshit. And well, she and that's was what we're very about, willing right? to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is, you know, and I think when I first started teaching yoga, I was like, oh, I can call people on their bullshit. And I just went guns blazing. Right. And though that can be um, useful for some people. Yeah. uh, I think maybe what, and I don't know Anna Forrest, but maybe she's she's in a bullshit free zone. Absolutely. But is that is that is that real? Like really? Like I kind of have a hard time believing that somebody that like because I that's kind of essentially why I stopped calling people on their bullshit because I'm like. I don't really have the right to do this because I don't want people calling me on my bullshit that I'm needing to work through in a time-sensitive manner. Because, like you said, it was a perfect storm. It happened mm-hmm. at the right time. You put yourself in the position. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's something that is raw that I'm not ready to deal with, somebody calls me on it. Right. That it is likely that can make it a lot worse. Yes. And and so I have a hard time looking at somebody like Iyengar yeah. or Anna Forrest or anybody who's like, it's really easy to be super successful in the whole cliche of the ivory tower and sit there and say like, right. you know, oh yeah, I, get, right. I just sit here and pull people's strings all day and blow them up. Right. And then they're perfectly fine two years later. Right. Like I just, I feel like we definitely need to say with caution that you are, 
a specific case. I am a specific case. And I, I don't think... From what I've seen yoga, that doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't always happen. And I and saw people nice within my that. foundation training that went through the same experience I did, and they didn't have the same outcome yeah. that I did. You know, not practicing anymore or whatever that was. They didn't have... It didn't impact them the same way it impacted me. I was in a perfect storm of... She's calling me on my bullshit. She's pulling out all of my insecurities. Is, and I either deal with them right now or I deal with them forever. Which is like, I mean, it is the, in a way, that's like the work of yoga, right? Is to remove the bullshit. Mm -hmm. So you connect to the part of you that's whole and whole again, mm -hmm. as you said. And you were in love with this person, idolizing them. Then you step into the space where the illusion of what you loved flips on its head. Mm -hmm. And then you end up getting what you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, there's just some really, I mean, it's, it's very poetic. poetic. <laughs> it's it's very poetic. And now I will say, yes, there is this picture of Anna Flores that she does these things. And yes, she's earned this reputation. And yes, a lot of these stories are real and true and it exists. But the one thing <laughs> I will, God, one thing that is also a very big part of forest yoga is reading energy. So, a lot of people who are empaths mm -hmm. tend to find forest yoga and tend to be forest yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. And an empath is somebody who is more intuitive to other people's feelings and emotions and can read energy a little bit differently. A lot of empaths tend to end up in forest yoga. Anna is a very strong empath, mm -hmm. extremely strong. She's very skilled at reading energy. I think she uses that skill in combination with her bullshit free zone. Her warrior. Her priestess. Yes. -ness. And can read the energy of okay, this person is on they're they're standing at the top of the pin and either they're gonna fall to the bullshit or they're gonna fall into the fire and burn it away. Well, I mean the stakes were high. Like yeah. you go across country, you show up in New Haven, not yeah. knowing what you're doing, and yeah. you know, in a way, if she sees that and doesn't say something, right? then... I could have easily... It, it could have been a disservice. Absolutely. I would have very easily gone into my habit. And that's one of the reasons why I set up rooms. I set up classes the way I do. I have a habit when I practice of I will find the darkest, deepest corner of any yoga room. And I will hide myself in that corner. And I will build this barricade of props. Oh, I need two blankets today. And sometimes I like to use three blocks. And I like to have a bolster in case. I don't actually necessarily need it for my practice, maybe. But I like to build this little fortress around me so you can't see me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of build myself in. And if I, my plan was to go to foundation training and be that person and find and the deepest, darkest corner and just hide mm -hmm. and be an observer yeah. to the whole thing. And I, that was not permitted mm -hmm. by me, from, by her, for me, that, that was not okay. And so now when I set up the room, that's partially why I love this small studio. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody, like this isn't everybody, it is small and I wish... I wish we could just make this room bigger because yeah. there's things about this room that I love, but that's why I don't do a front and the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Everybody faces center. The, nobody is in front of anybody. Everybody is just as important in this room as everybody like a else in here. Like style class, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I like don't that give too. the opportunity I for actually, hiding. I love this room too. 
Um, and there's no well, mirror. <laughs> let's, let's, so I think that's a great segue. Dovetail that into, um, if somebody's listening to this, okay, so if they've hung on this far mm-hmm. beyond the bullshit-free zone and been like, okay, I, I think I might be interested in hearing I, about what these slow beers are like. It sounds kind of terrible and kind of great. So what what is, um, tell me some of the principles about like, what people can expect or what the experience might be like for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You've, and you've also got, I want to mention this one I'm thinking about, because you've got Intro to Forest coming up. I do, on September 16th. It's right. a Saturday, 1230 mm-hmm. to $230, $25. And this will be posted before then. Awesome. <laughs> and then there's another one too, though. Perhaps. I have a, a workshop, Abs and Inversions, that is September 8th, I believe. Yeah, and it's all on the MBO. So people yes, can it's all it. on MBO. That one, I don't believe, has any spaces left, but based on oh. how popular this has been i definitely am going to offer it again so stay tuned for that (laughs) so within forest yoga there's four pillars that we work Mm. with breath strength integrity and spirit Mm. and that is really what you can find in every single one of my slow burn classes so breath if nothing else you are going to breathe for 60 minutes and in fact if somebody came to me and said holly i have a whole lot of physical injuries going on today or I have a lot of emotional injuries going on today. I'm not sure what I can physically do. I think that is fantastic. You are still welcome, but you are going to sit and you are going to breathe with the ferocity that you are doing the entire practice. You will find ujjayi breath for 55 minutes and breath can change everything. Yeah. So you're gonna breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, strength. Mm-hmm. Strength kind of falls in a different, in, in a few different things. We hold intense postures longer mm-hmm. than a vinyasa, vinyasa style yoga. So we might hold something like a warrior two with eagle arms for 10 breaths. So that, that, that may not sound like a lot, but that's it, a lot. Yes. And so there's strength in that you have to actually use your muscles and you have to delegate work throughout your body to hold an intense posture mm-hmm. for 10 breaths and what very typically happens is i get people and they come into these postures and they're like full-blown deepest warrior too like arms are gorgeous and breath is strong for two breaths yeah. <laughs> and breaths then reality just, sets in <laughs> eight breaths of shit show from there on out and then there, we've stopped breathing and we're just holding our breath and turning blue. And that's part of the work of building mm-hmm. strength is, okay, come out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Find where you can work this pose, mm-hmm. not let the pose work you over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of strength building. We also do a ton of abs. Mm-hmm. We, that, that is the, one of the biggest things. Yes, they, everybody was right when they told me, oh my God, all you're going to do is abs in a forest yoga workshop. Yes, we do abs. If nothing else, we will do abs. If something happens, we are only doing abs. And we focus on the low belly because it's a huge, huge power center that's very underutilized Mm -hmm. in our culture right now. And forest yoga is also a lot of trauma finds forest yoga. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of trauma that settles between the low belly and the pelvic floor. So we're bringing sensation. Mm-hmm. and feeling and building strength through there integrity <clears throat> yeah tell me about these so, last two more 
They're the Esoteric little words. yes. Yeah. So integrity, staying true to yourself during your practice. So if mm. you are finding a full, advanced, ridiculous version of every pose and you're not breathing, you're not delegating work through your body, you're not using your low belly, you're not... You're just being a poser. You're just being a poser, trying to get your photo taken, mm -hmm. you know, you're not having integrity for your body. Mm. So that's one way that we work with integrity. Another big way that we work with integrity is this practice we have called truth speaking. Mm. It's hard to be a truth speaker. Mm -hmm. You have to speak from your heart. You have to truth speak to yourself, which is where the work starts. Mm -hmm. Be a truth speaker to yourself. Be a truth speaker out in the world. Come from a place of love and kindness and compassion, not to hurt. Mm -hmm. But to speak the truth, mm -hmm. you have to speak the truth. And that's a big part of integrity. Yeah. And I think that's what has created tribe right. in my classes is that we do talk about truth speaking. And it's a very honest culture that mm -hmm. we've created. And if somebody needs to be called on their bullshit, somebody in the room is going to practice their truth speaking and they're going to use their breath and they're going to pull their belly button back to their spine and they are going to say, I am calling you on your bullshit. Mm -hmm. And they've practiced, they've, they're practicing their yoga and then that person, it's now their turn to practice their yoga and be a truth speaker for themselves. So you have this themselves. in class? Like somebody, yeah. like what kind of things did they call bullshit on? Like the poses themselves or was it like, like couples getting in here and like being like, you didn't wash the dishes. No, I think we've had more instances where, like I said, everybody kind of knows each other's story. We've created that safe space that there's something going on. We can talk about it. And we've also created that space that nobody's alone. Hmm. You're not an island. Maybe I haven't had the same exact experience as you, but maybe I've had something similar. Or maybe that person over there has had that experience. And we can all understand the underlying emotion behind it. So, so it's a safe space. people who want space. to go and do what you wanted to do, mm -hmm. build props and hide in the corner, they can't do that in no. your class. No. So if you want everybody to be part of your business, slow burns where it's at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So that's integrity. So that's integrity spirit. Yeah. So we work with this idea that we all have our wiser self, our true self our authentic self and that is your spirit regardless of you know what religion or what your religious would take that idea out of it completely and think of spirit as your true authentic self and when you learn to practice in in conjunction with your spirit listening to what your spirit wants to do or what makes your spirit happy and also listening to what makes your spirit want to leave your body because sometimes we create this very toxic environment of us. Mm -hmm. And our spirit may check out for a while and be like, peace out. When you pull your shit together, I'll come back. Mm -hmm. So it's this journey of learning to listen to our spirit. Mm -hmm. Listen to what it likes. Listen to what it doesn't like. What doesn't So that one sounds like good. ties really a lot into the integrity of the truth speaking. The yeah. Which is like... It's easy to, I mean, that is a hard one. It's it easy is. to talk about. It's yes. easy to understand. Yes. But I also think that there can be a disconnect for people. Yeah. Because there's a difference between somebody who has a connection with that inner voice on certain subject matter in their life mm -hmm. and they can 
tap into their inner guidance or inner authority or intuition, whatever it is, to gain these insights. But I've also, I personally have been in places in my life where like, I can't even access right. the truth. Right. And we definitely allow for that when we talk about spirit and forest. There's times when our spirits, like I said, checked out. And that's totally cool. How do we work with our spirit in terms of creating a space that our spirit may potentially want to come back to? Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with somebody who maybe is detached from their spirit, how do we, we work with the heart? So how do we start with just working with our heart and listening to what love is to us or what, what our heart is wanting, what makes us happy? So if spirit is detached, we work with heart first like and then go from there. So is, uh, is there a lot of like, in terms of like the, the cross-cultural Native American kind of spirituality, um, no, you kind of touched on it, but you don't have to necessarily believe in anything, and there's no dogma in it, and no. it, and it doesn't oppress anybody else's nope. pre-existing beliefs or nope. anything like that. Okay. Nope, not at all. Cool. And you are, we, we value spirit. It's one of our pillars. What is appropriate for your spirit, I would full 100% support you in what is correct for your spirit, and I'm not here to try and judge change that. or judge anybody's spirit <laughs> well that's awesome well um is there anything else you want people to know about forest yoga or your classes in particular mm. as we wrap this up because i think we did a pretty good job of <laughs> getting people's intro I'm, yeah i mean this is this has been great oh thank you I'm so nervous <laughs> Are you always, um, you, i love you're always nervous about things but you're always so honest about it yeah yeah i, I know I love I, i'm to a degree, my own worst enemy. Like, I, I'm an extreme introvert, and I want to hide. But I, I'm not... I won't... Let that I have you. to... Yeah, I have to be a truth speaker. So if you can get I, me out well, of my I corner... Think, I think that's why people You're going to hear it. <laughs> that's why people are so drawn to you. Yeah. Because there's... I mean, you can't be inauthentic from that place. No. And I think that there are so many people who feel that way and yet have allowed the fear to be something to run from rather than mm-hmm. to snuggle up as you were mm-hmm. saying earlier. I st- <laughs> and just so everybody listening, Loki is snuggling the hell out of Boston right I now. This guy. <laughs> um I what I want people to know about forest yoga is that it changed my life. It saved my life. And maybe it's the thing that could potentially save somebody else's life. And, and that it's, it's for everybody. Powerful. It is for everybody. Like I said, beginners, very first yoga class ever, somebody who has been practicing for thousands of years. <laughs> there is something for everybody in a forest yoga class. Everybody will be challenged, whether it's potentially through physical asana or you're challenged on our emotional intent today, there is a challenge. Yeah. There is a challenge, and my work is to be open to anybody who comes to me that wants to work. Well, and I, I have to say, I admire your passion for yoga. Your, but especially like, I think that that is what is so neat about you is that you are willing to take on the challenge, and you're willing to, you know, 
you're willing to lose and then show up again. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to celebrate even those moments. And mm -hmm. I think that that's really what makes yeah. you the kind of teacher that, you know, is so magnetic. I'll meet people where they are. Yeah. So. And I will, if you're willing to do the work, I am all in. Hmm. Well, all you've in. been my teacher today, so thank you for thank informing you. me about this stuff and educating me. And I can't come wait to, to come force take yoga. <laughs> One of my good friends yoga. in Austin is a forest yoga teacher, and yeah, so it would be good to get um, up with her and be like, guess what? Yeah, so, um, and you're coming to my class on September 11th, right? On the September 11th. On the September 11th, and I think there are still some spots left in spots. that class, so if somebody me. out there wants to come and practice... Or do that... Day, this is and too, come to the intro class yeah. with me. And whether you've practiced with me for two years straight now, there's something for you in that intro class. Yeah. We're breaking things down. We're doing ceremony. You can never get enough intro class. No. Oh, ceremony. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, two of them we've done calling stuff, in or? the... No, we're not burning okay. stuff. We've called in the four You're directions. Smoking stuff? No. You're drinking ayahuasca? No. We've called in the four directions. We've done that ceremony. And done the Reign of Three Truths ceremony, which is an amazing ceremony, but you have to come. Okay, to teach it. Don't tell them what it no, is. No, no. You have to come to a workshop with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll play with that. Well, thank you. This is thank great. Thank you.